0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Rock Squad Podcast, your destination for the latest rock music news, reviews, and discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Nick Chino, and I'm joined by my co-host and bandmate, it's Dave Marini. How's it going, Dave?
1: Hey buddy, how's it going? Hello everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Rock Squad Pod. Now remember to follow us on Instagram, to follow us on Twitter, uh, Rock Squad Podcast. Also, before we get going, make sure you go down there. And subscribe to our channel hit the bell so you get the notifications and make sure you like the video and if you got something to say throw it down below how's
0: it going pal uh it's going all right you know we were talking about uh you know vaccinations (laughs) before we got on the air um you got a jab i'm waiting to get a jab um so we can get back to to playing rock and roll and you know venues can open up i can't believe i was reading the other day actually um in california that they're getting ready to reopen most of their venues. Hollywood bowl in LA is, is scheduling an entire summer season of performances. So, you know, at least that's a little bit of a silver lining. It seems like some things are getting, going to get back to normal.
1: It's crazy, man. You know, California was kind of being viewed as like the, the super left state that wasn't going to do anything and let all the <laughs> small businesses die. And now all of a sudden they're like, they have a full calendar of entertainment for everybody. And the rest of the country is like, well, what's happening now in Florida, like uh, this weekend was WrestleMania. So they had, they had 30,000 people in a, in a football stadium, watching, watching grown men covered in oil slam each other. So I don't know. I I, (laughs) I have no idea anymore, man. I have no idea. All I know is that the sooner I get fully vaccinated and you get fully vaccinated, then we can be, fully vaccinated together and make more music and tour and play and do all that fun stuff so yeah
0: yeah for sure and well you know a lot of bands have been rescheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling their tours it's hard to really buy into any band saying they're gonna get out there and play a show right now but uh yeah fingers crossed i would love to go to a show i i think um, one of the things that's really hit me over the last little while is how much I miss even just going to a show uh, sure. and going to a concert. I think we talked about that in one of the last episodes. Um, I just miss it so much and I, yeah, I, I, I really didn't realize how much of a emotional release it is to go to shows and play shows as a musician. It, it's such a huge part of our lives. It's our church, bro. It's our church,
1: you know. No. And when you're not when you're away from when you're away from church for that long, you feel it bro.
0: Yeah, we got go to gotta go to church.
1: All right, church. So,
0: <laughs> Let's get to uh, the rundown of today's show. We're going to get to uh, tonight's uh, headliner topic in just a little bit, talking about Dave Grohl. Last week on the show, we mentioned that he uh, has a new book coming out called The Storyteller, and now he's doing even more with a new documentary and a new collaboration. So that's coming up on uh, on tonight's headliner topic. But first, we'll get to today's or tonight's opening uh, topics opening acts we got new album announcements dave uh there were quite a few of them this week um the first of which was the wallflowers uh one of my favorite 90s bands i've known i know they've been sure. operating since then but they just announced a new album called exit wounds on july 9th uh mother mother one of our favorite canadian uh, indie rock bands is releasing a new album called inside on june 25th uh 21 Great. pilots releasing a new album called Stale, uh, scaled and icy on may 21st and then just today the black keys and Announced that they have a new album called Delta Cream coming out on uh, on May the fourteenth. Um, which of these new album announcements have you most excited? Ooh,
1: well, I, I have a few. Like out of that out of that group, first off, uh, Twenty One Pilots is a band that I kind of wrote off earlier on in their career, and I wasn't really I wasn't aware of what was going on with them. And then I slowly, you know, a song and a soundtrack here and. Uh, a song on the radio, like a good single. And I ended up liking them. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for, uh, you know, uh, hooky, riffy, uh, poppy songs. And that's kind of their whole thing is like kind of broken down, simplified rock. And I, I'm a sucker for it. So I get that, man. I, I think that uh, they are doing new, innovative things in that world of pop, rock, and uh, I, I think if anybody could go check them out or when they start touring again, definitely go check them out. Now, personally, out of that list, um, I think that the Wallflowers is the, is the thing that I'm most excited really? for. I, I love the Wallflowers forever. Yeah, I love the Wallflowers. Yeah. I think they're a great band. And uh, it'll be great to hear like, you know, some new songs from Dylan Co. And uh, I think, you know, it, it's interesting. I think uh, Butch Walker is producing that record too. Oh,
0: nice, yeah.
1: And uh, Butch Walker's coming up. Which Walker's coming off of doing the Green Day record, the last Green Day record, which a lot of Green Day fans hated, but uh, I actually really liked. I liked that it was like kind of a different foot. I was kind of tired of the American Idiot Green Day vibe that had been uh, floating around for the last couple couple records. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I needed something different. And uh, some people think it was too different because a lot of the songs kind of don't even sound like Green Day, but I thought it was refreshing and I'm sure Green Day will come back out with another green day-esque album uh if not a network album because i heard they're doing network stuff again too so um yeah i'm excited for the Wallflowers, man i think butch walker is one of those guys that's really come into his own as a producer uh over the last like decade or so like obviously he's gone back further than that but uh from coming from you know his band and then morphing into kind of like the power songwriter writing writing pop rock songs for for female artists and stuff like that. He's really found his groove and now he's getting a chance to work with some of the bigger biggest fans in the world. And uh, love it or love it or hate it, it's happening. So I'm very interested to see what he uh what he's got to bring to the table in such a in a, in a new format for the wallflowers in 2021.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, well with the wallflowers, I don't think I've really dug into their stuff since. Um, bringing down the, ho- the horse in, in 1996, which was their their breakthrough album, which had all those yeah. hits on it. Um, Jacob Dylan obviously is a is a great songwriter uh, in, the, in the tradition of his dad. Um, so I, I'm excited for it, too. Uh, I, I might dig in maybe a little bit to see the music that, uh, or hear the music that's uh, been made between sure. then and now, just to give myself a little bit more context. But I don't really even think that a lot of the members of the Wallflowers that were in the band initially, when they broke through in the 90s, are still in the group. But, you know, like Rami Jaffe. Of, is that uh, is that not is that not the case? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a Wallflowers not <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't like, know the ins and outs and all their lineup
1: is he is he not like bouncing back and forth i thought he was like i don't think so standard. i was watching a
0: video the other day and he wasn't in it so i think because he's a full-time oh, really? member of the Foo fighters now so oh yeah.
1: shit!
0: yeah look at that yeah
1: well,
0: that's, but, good. Uh, that's good for him yeah no for for sure you know Foo fighters is it's not a bad gig at all, all right. um uh but, it, but the other one yeah you were saying with 21 pilots i really like their last album trench which came out in 2018, I think. And that was a great album. It had Morph on it. It had uh, Levitate. It had the Hype, which was another good song on that. And you were saying soundtrack songs when they did uh, Heathens for the Suicide Squad soundtrack in 2016. That was a big one. And I I think I was kind of like you. I don't know if I necessarily wrote them off, but they were one of those names that I would see a lot uh, on the internet. I would read a lot about 21 Pilots. And I, I did listen a little bit But it wasn't until that Trench album came out that I really dug in and thought, these guys are really, really talented. So I'm totally on the 21 Pilots uh, bandwagon now. Uh, Really looking forward to this new album. And the Black Keys, interestingly enough about this new album, um, is that it's uh, it's a cover album, pretty much, of Mississippi Hill country blues legends like R.L. Burnside, Junior Kimbrough, uh, and others. I was a little bit lukewarm with the Black Keys over the last couple of albums. El Camino, to me, was their last great record i lost them maybe around the mid 2000s around the time they put out turn blue Uh, and the last record was good too um but i don't know i feel like the black keys might not be at the top of my list right now when it comes to new releases i you know
1: i kind of feel the same with you i you know i was really into the black keys um when they first came out because it was you know it was a refreshing view of uh you know rock and roll just a rock and roll band you know like a bar rock and roll band you don't get a lot of those anymore and uh you know and i've gone to see them a bunch of times i've probably seen them live uh, five or six times just at different festivals and different shows throughout north america and uh they're they're a good band but they don't innovate enough i feel you know and i have the same i have the same uh hang-ups with like kings of leon you know i like the band and they have songs that I adore and that I would put on. But album to album, I feel like the innovations kind of, it's, it's not fresh. You got to keep it fresh. And, and, you know, sometimes it takes a band, especially these bands that are lasting like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years, 14, 15 years now. It's hard to stay fresh. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. They have they, kind of, they just haven't done it for me for, for the last two records. Uh, not to say that there hasn't been a good single here and there, but like full album wise, I'm not, I haven't really been, uh, blown away by anything that's been coming out of that camp, but they, they are kind of like an on again, off again thing for a while. I feel like when they started to play with other or not play with other people, but started to produce other people's records and kind of branch out a little bit more, I feel like the focus maybe wasn't so much on the black keys as it was on like, just, you know, being musicians and being producers and doing all that, that being said. I'm definitely going to check it out. I think it's a cool idea. If it's a, uh, you know, there is a concept behind an album, and it's like kind of a covery thing, kind of that the the down home the down home uh, Mississippi blues vibe. They already kind of do that anyways, so yeah. it should be interesting to see what they come up with with these uh, covers.
0: I agree about the innovation thing. Yeah, what you were saying with Kings of Leon, uh, their latest album is good, um, but it sounds. Uh, lazy. It sounds like there's no energy when it comes to the band. I did a review on the channel if if people want to check that out. Um, They still know how to write a good song. I felt maybe like they were a little bit on autopilot on their latest record. And I felt like Black Keys were doing a similar thing on their last couple of records where it doesn't necessarily have to break the wheel. It doesn't necessarily have to go into a different genre or do something totally far out. But I know what you mean when um, on each subsequent album, there doesn't seem to be anything that jumps out to you. Maybe that's just us. I'm sure out of the other people out there will have a different opinion. Uh, I think the last for Black Keys sure. album maybe had some more tracks on it than I get, that I liked and I give it credit for. But yeah, I, I do want to see how this album stacks. It is a little bit different because it's covers. So maybe we shouldn't hold it up to the same standard yeah. as some of their other records. But We'll see, you know, it's one of those, uh, I don't really consider the Black Keys to be one of my ride or die bands. They're not one of those bands that I'm gonna, uh, you know, follow to the end, but I do follow them album to album and uh, fingers crossed that this is one that I like. Rock and roll, new rock and roll is always good. I can't wait to hear any. For sure. All right, so let's get to our next opening act topic on this uh, on this evening's show, and that is Record Store Day. There's going to be two Record Store Day drops coming up uh, in the next couple of months. The first one's going to be on June the 12th, and then I believe the next one is on July the 17th, which obviously Record Store Day is a huge day for uh, record collectors out there to go to their local record store and collect these exclusive releases that they can only find on the day of Record Store Day. So Dave, I uh, I kind of pulled a couple of highlights, some uh, some albums, some titles that stood out to me when I was looking uh, through the list on the uh, Record Store Day website. So let me list them off here for you. What you, and, got, what you uh, got. and then you let me know which ones are exciting to you. Uh, ACDC is coming out with a picture disc with two songs from their most recent record called Power Up. Uh, so that should be cool this one i'm really excited about matt bellamy of muse is releasing his first physical solo album called cryo sleep uh we are both uh, pretty big cool. Muse fans so that one's exciting black sabbath are doing special editions of mob rules in heaven and hell uh bush who we are also big fans of are doing a sea of memories 10th anniversary uh sea of memories i think is one of my favorite latter-day bush albums Uh, had the sound of winter on it and some other uh, some other really good tracks uh lincoln park doing a Meteora blue vinyl uh this one's actually really cool pearl jam are doing a 30th anniversary alive 12 inch single in honor of the 30th anniversary of uh, of 10 and then this one also very cool rage against the machine doing the battle of mexico city red and green Colored vinyl in honor of the uh, the Mexican flag. That's one that I'm very excited about. That's cool. Yeah, personally, I've uh, I've never, even as a huge music fan, uh, I collect vinyl more as a collector's kind of thing. But I've never actually, you know, lined up with uh, other music fans to go to record store day. Uh, I'm excited about these releases. I don't know if there's anything that's going to get me out of bed early in the morning on record store day to go stand mm-hmm. in line with everybody else. Uh, but I still do think these are some cool releases. Are there any that stand out to you? Uh,
1: the Matt Bellamy thing would be interesting. It's—I'm sure it's not going to be him sitting on a pail with an acoustic guitar. So right. uh, yeah. it's, it's probably going to be pretty futuristic. And yeah. uh, but hey, maybe we'll be surprised, and it'll be uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the Rage thing sounds awesome. Like yeah, I'm kind, I'm kind of the same with you with vinyl. Like I, I like collect. I like collect uh, the vinyl um more than it is my primary listening source like i know that we play in bands with guys that are vinyl heads that are list, like you know record after record uh that's not that's not how i take in vinyls you know and uh i don't know yeah the, the, there's a, there's a few in there that rage thing sounds awesome like things like that i can get behind you know but right. do you do you feel like i'm gonna ask you do you feel that a record store day or records in general, do you think there's an inflated sense of what the value of that is to in music right
0: now? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think vinyl is a little bit overhyped. Obviously, it's a classic format. The sound quality is fantastic. We know that. But I think in the age of streaming, vinyl has become a little bit of the anti-streaming model in the way that it's still something that record labels can make a lot of money on. It's still something that they can market the hell out of, uh, you know, Paul McCartney's new release, uh, McCartney three imagined is coming out on, you know, a billion different colors of vinyl. So it is yeah. definitely a way for, for fans to, um, to spend a lot of money on vinyl. But the, the thing is, is that I, I feel like the record industry can't support, the vinyl resurgence there's only a couple of plants in the entire world that can handle the amount of vinyl that is being pressed and i know a lot of fans get disappointed when they show up you know on release day and that their vinyl isn't there and they get they get upset about it or it's you know not getting there on time and i think that i think that the 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 kind of investment in vinyl has been a little bit misguided if that's the way that you want to you know that you want to uh you know, in, you know, ingest your music, and that's fine. That's the way that you want to listen. But personally, I again, I look at it as a, as a collector's item. I still primarily listen to CDs. I listen to digital. I have an eighty gig iPod. That is my uh, my absolute favorite thing to listen to music on. So I think that it's a little bit overhyped. I think Record Store Day is a good idea because anything that gets music fans excited and gets them to the record store to, to buy records is, is a good thing because we know how hard it is for artists to make money on records and to make uh, to make an income, especially in the age of COVID when they can't tour. Uh, but I do think it's a little, bit, a little bit overhyped. And I think that people are expecting a little bit too much from, from the whole vinyl resurgence.
1: Yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's, it's bizarre to me. You know, it seems like the same old. Uh, you're dealing with uh, record labels that are looking at their vintage catalogs and their older catalogs, uh, the legacy catalogs, as they call them, where yeah, you're a, dealing with bands that are still, you know, like the Zeppelins. Yeah, the Zeppelins and the Rushes and the ACDCs. and uh, Because if you look at the numbers, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to back me up on this. Like, if you look at what's being sold, like 99% of it is reissue and re-this and think, you know, exactly. the uh, deluxe editions or the thing. So very, like as much as we want it, you know, we obviously want to support record stores and support local artists and independent artists and stuff. Uh, the, the, the big business of vinyl right now isn't from the, the band selling, you know, 1,000 or 2,000 or 15,000 records which is, you know, not happening very often on, yeah. on independent circuits. But it's more the established, It's they're selling vinyl to the guy that had the vinyl in 7 2 and had the 8-track and also had the cassette and also had the CD. And now they're reselling him, you know, or selling his wife, the, <laughs> you know, the back in black collector's edition 25, 35 years later so right. it's you know obviously anytime it's music and you're buying art i'm 100 support it but i feel like there's maybe a a little bit of a smoke and mirrors thing where people view like finals the savior of music and it's not it's really just reestablishing the last little bit of uh chum in the water mm-hmm. for the for the fans from the labels mm-hmm. and um i do but like i said like what, what you were saying i am a fan of it as a collector's item and i think people do find value in that Everybody likes the sleeves. Everybody likes the liner notes. Like, I, I am a fan of the package of art. So in that sense, I love it. And you sh- definitely should buy records from all sorts of people. But the business in general seems to be directed around uh, that 1% of artists that um, are, you know, reissuing.
0: Right. Well, that's that's a huge thing is catalog reissues. And I think I would have a little bit more interest in the Record Store Day releases if I was getting something new or something different, because a lot of these records contain things that we've already heard and you don't really see any artists doing something like putting out an exclusive B-side or an exclusive Uh, EP of tracks that you couldn't get anywhere else, maybe not even on streaming or on a digital download or anything like that. I'm a little bit of an old school music fan like you, you know, I think back to the days of the 90s, when uh, bands would put out a single, especially in the UK, you know, I'm going to use Oasis as as an example, they would put out uh, records or CDs, singles with three or four B-sides on it that you couldn't get anywhere else. They weren't on the album. They weren't on uh, anything else other than these singles. And I think artists have lost the ability to uh, hold back some tracks or maybe produce some extra music that they can use to, to, uh, to uh, put on these Record Store Day exclusives. Maybe they feel that it's a little bit of a waste of time to put something that exclusive on something that is that hard to find. And is that, uh, you know, there's a chance that fans might be disappointed that they can't get access to it. I know I would, but as a music fan, I feel like I would definitely uh, be a little bit more interested and maybe a little bit more motivated to get up on record store day and line up with everybody else to, uh, to get those RSD exclusives. But as of right now, looking at this list, it's, it's not really doing much for me.
1: Yeah, you know, you don't as an artist. Like I, I agree with what you're saying about like throwing on the extra B sides and stuff. Yeah, but, it, uh, make it, make You know, like we write songs all the time. But but like I, the thing with as the artist side is like you don't want to burn songs, right? You don't want right. to just like if you if you love a song, you don't want to just make it a throwaway, you know, which essentially it would be. But to the fan, it's everything. So right. it's yeah, it's a double edged sword, you know.
0: Yeah, Oasis threw some of their best songs <laughs> on their singles as B-sides. Was, the songs that would have been gigantic hits on their own were not necessarily buried, but they were uh, featured as secondary tracks. Uh, so if anybody ever wants to listen to the best B-sides ever, I think Oasis, uh, you know, just, just as a way to throw Oasis in there. That's always my always my reason to talk about Oasis. All right, so those are our Oasis. <laughs> Those are our opening act topics for uh, for this week. Let's get to this week's headliner. Last week on the Rock Squad podcast, we were mentioning that Dave Grohl has a new book coming out uh, called The Storyteller. Foo Fighters just put out their new album, Medicine at Midnight in February. But evidently, that is not enough for Dave Grohl because there are two more things that he has added to his list. One is which uh, is the um, documentary that he's putting out called "What Drives Us," which is about musicians and life on the road and their stories and their uh, their kind of their their ethos about being musicians on the road. Uh, very you know very special to Dave Grohl's heart because he talks about his early days of hopping in a van and going on tour with bands and uh, his entire career being on the road. Uh, so we he we announced that we saw a little trailer online and then he's collaborated with Mick Jagger of the rolling stones on a new song that is uh very pandemic appropriate it's called easy sleazy uh, it's a cool song maybe a little of bit course it is easy sleazy is cheesy uh, maybe because nick jagger's being very obvious in his um in his lyrical content related to being in lockdown and being in the pandemic <laughs> yeah. it's kind of similar to a song the, uh, the rolling stones did last year which i think I don't know if it was, I don't think it was a record story. But they did a song called Living in a Ghost Town, which was similar uh, in the way that uh, it was a little bit, it was a little bit in your face, a little bit obvious when it came to the lyrical content. But this documentary looks cool. Uh, What drives us? uh, It looks like he's going to be interviewing a lot of different people in rock, including Flea uh, and some other people. I don't know if you remember them a little better than I do, but are you, uh, are you excited for this, this new documentary? Dave Grohl seems to be all about documentaries these days.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like um, you know, what drives us? It's about it's about bands and starting out and being in a van. And we know all about that. We love hearing stories about bands and vans and uh, conquering the world and how far you get and how far from home you are. And, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's great. Stories. It's actually it's actually very similar. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Brian Johnson from uh, ACDC has a show out right now. Yeah, uh, I saw called, the episode. Like, yeah he had he had one with dave Grohl too and it's it's kind of a you know it's kind of like kind of just the tip of the iceberg of that kind of what a documentary could be you know him talking to people about the you know the beginnings of the bands and stuff so it's mm-hmm. kind of in the same vein as that and that shows fantastic too so if you haven't checked that out absolutely go check that out yeah. um but yeah dave Grohl, like he, like we were just talking he never stops there's always something else coming out, That's something else to talk about. And this, like, one, like, first he's got a book, and now he's got a, like, last week he's got a book, this week he's got a documentary and a song with Mick Jagger. Like, give it a fucking break, Al. Yeah, I like, know. Make like, it the rest you know, of the like, Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, you're already in two of the best rock bands of all time. I kind of feel like he's pissed. Did, did they get snubbed for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I think the voting is still going
0: on. I don't think they announced the final vote.
1: Because I checked a little while ago and they were not in the top five, top six, top, like they were low down on the list. Yeah. So well, I feel like, yeah, I think like, it's with like, like a little long bit long. of like, well, oh, we're not done yet. Let's get this going on. You know I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Uh, the song itself, like, um, yeah, there's tons of people, there's, everyone's in it. I think like Ringo stars in it, like all sorts of crazy people are in that. The documentary it'll definitely be interesting you know to hear about sabbath's early days and stuff like that but right. uh and then the song with the song with mick jagger um yeah like do a song with mick jagger like you said it it's a little cheese little uh sleazy cheesy and i i, I, I are, what are we expecting though you know what i mean like dave Rolls gonna make a song with with with, with him because because he wants to make a song with Mick Jagger. Not it doesn't really matter how it turns out, and it feels like it's a little recycled. The song it feels like, like there's some uh, signature uh, Stones slash Mick Jagger vibes in certain parts that are like kind of like right. trademark like licks or or just not even licks, kind of like just um, progressions. It seems like there's just like a. A weird thing where you want to strut around with your arms back and your lips out. I don't know what it is, but if that's what they were going to capture, which they probably were, they 100% knocked it out of the park. But uh, you said, like you said though, the the uh, the, uh, the lyric lyrical content's a little bit uh, hammy on it. But uh, I would do it. You would do it. If anybody, if anybody called and said, "Hey, you want to make a song with with uh, Mick Jagger?" We would be jumping at the at the chance. So.
0: Good, good for Dave Grohl. Yeah. We're all very jealous. <laughs> yeah. Do, do, do you think Dave Grohl has like a chart? And it's a chart of every famous rock musician ever, right? And so he's just checking it off because he's worked with every, every classic rock musician ever. He's worked with Paul McCartney. He's worked with Mick Jagger. He's worked with Led Zeppelin. He's worked with Queen. He's basically worked with, with everybody. So I feel like he's, he's like, he's collecting them. He's like, I'm going to collect all these classic rock musicians that I idolized growing up and I'm going to make music with them. It's like, it's like a collection. It's like his little black book of classic rock musicians. That's what it feels like he's doing.
1: It's pretty cool, you know, if I had my black book and I could skim through and pull out names like that, you you know, everybody would be jumping all over it. So Dave Grohl's had lots of success with documentaries like the Sonic Highways one and it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. There's obviously so many stories from so many bands. Mm -hmm. Like, I know U2's in there. Like, you know, just hearing stories about uh, Bono and Edge, you know, riding around the UK trying to find record deals, and, <laughs> and you know, like it's there's and and we can relate, you know, we've slept in vans, we've toured, we've, you know, right. it's been our, it's been our home, so we know what it feels like to to be, you know, a group of guys on a caravan, and you know, you're you're in the circus, and you know, you take care of each other and you look after each other, and then you make it home safe, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. you know. So it, it'll be interesting to hear these guys that we all idolize talking about, you know, uh, cleaning their underwear and rivers and making rice on the engine of their car. You know?
0: <laughs> well, the thing with like, we were saying last week with, um, this book that's coming out, the storyteller, uh, you know, when, when we did, when he did sound city. And then with this new documentary is that Dave Grohl seems to be really into the mythology mythologizing. I don't know if that's the right word. Mythologizing of the rock and roll, um, lifestyle, uh, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but sometimes it just comes across a little bit, very Dave Grohl that he's, that he's, yeah. he's very much embraced the, like I said, the mythological aspects of being in a band where that'd be like in the recording studio or on the road yeah. and these stories of him doing yeah. these things. Um, not to say that he, obviously he's not speaking from a place that's very, you know, very true to him is very real to him, but I feel like there are a lot of those musicians out there that, can relate to those kind of stories. I feel like, not to say that he's making it all about him but it might be a little bit more universal than he thinks. I know he's just speaking from his own experience, but he's very into um, now kind of apologizing his entire rock and roll career that he's had. And I'm saying that with complete love for Dave Grohl and everything that he's done, because as we've said, we are gigantic Foo Fighters fans and Dave Grohl's fans of Dave Grohl fans because, you know, we worship the ground he walks on, but it does sometimes grate on me a little bit when he gets so into his own story. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, we we can look at it in a couple different ways,
1: you know, where um, we could be like, okay, another Dave Grohl thing or we could be like, thank God the guy that has access to these people and that has these stories is willing to share them Mm -hmm. because I'm sure David Bowie's got a treasure chest full of things that no one's ever going to fucking care about. So as a fan... And also he's in a weird spot where, you know, he watched what happens in the aftermath of the stardom that goes away. Right. Like he watched what happened to his friend, like Kurt's estate and how fans like, like he, he's watched that juggling act over the last 25 years of trying to um, keep fans happy and still honor the legacy of someone that everyone loves. And I think, you know as he's getting older i think he's realizing like you know if 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 it's going to be like that anyways i would like to be the one curating what people are going to see right. and how they're viewing me and yeah. in that sense i totally get it man like yeah. he, he's he's a once in a lifetime situation guy and he's made the best of his, his situation and had heartache and all sorts of mm-hmm. drama through his life so if, if he comes out the other side of it and he wants to overshare to compensate for the fact that he knows that one day he won't be able to, then let's, let's just appreciate everything we get because in, at one time in our life, that may not be around, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm looking at it from a very cynical angle. But Even as a fan, I'm going to read the book. I'm going to watch sure. the documentary. I still, uh, I still enjoyed the song that he did with uh, with Mick Jagger, and yeah, the guy just doesn't know how to stop because we've gotten so many things from him uh, over the last couple of months. At least, you know, the new Foo Fighters album, Medicine at Midnight, is still one of my—I I, think—one of the best records of the year so sure. far. One of the best Foo Fighters records in a long time. Um, this past week, uh, Wasting Light, which was uh, which was their seventh studio album that came out in 2011, uh, celebrated 10 years. And I was thinking back to when that record came out, that was such a huge record for them because we all know that their early stuff is among, you know, the, the most favored by fans, the the debut record, the color and the shape, there's nothing left to lose one by one. I would go up to in your honor saying that those are, you know, some of their best records. Uh, But then when they did wasting light in 2011, that was, a revelation when you had songs like bridge burning and rope arlandria uh the list goes white limo the list, the list goes on and on i was thinking about that record that was just fantastic love wasting light i think they really uh,
1: jumped into their like uh you know shirt off rock yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, like,
1: you know it seemed like they were doing a lot more with with lemmy from motorhead and, uh, you know, it was, it, that album's a total beer can crushing album, you know. That's a good way to drinking describe beers, it. Crushing them, throwing them, drinking beers. Mm. Um, yeah, man. And, I, you know, I was lucky enough to see them on a bunch of shows on that tour. And uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. That whole time in that band was was stellar. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Like, great album. Yeah,
0: I agree 100%. yeah, for sure. So it's all about Dave Grohl. Who knows what's gonna, what he's going to bring to us next week. He's probably going to I I heard a rumor, and I know this is probably complete BS, but I heard a rumor online that the Foo Fighters were working on some sort of horror film.
1: I don't oh, think really? that's
0: true because they just announced this new documentary, so I'm sure that's the, the primary focus, but I heard a rumor about that. I think I read it on enemy.com or something like that. Mm. Probably not probably not true, but Still could be cool, and I wouldn't be surprised if next week they're like, "Yeah, hey, we got a horror movie coming out." So I wouldn't be surprised yeah.
1: either. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the same thing. Let's see
0: it goes. We'll see, see what, what happens. Know. Who knows? We'll it's, happens. it's giving us content to talk about the show because two weeks in a row <laughs> we're talking about Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. I feel like we would be anyways because obviously we're huge fans. But you know, it gives us something to talk about. Right. That's what we're here for. All right. So those are, our uh, opening acts and headliner for the week. Um, so a couple of big rock releases coming out this week, uh, Greta Van Fleet with their next album, the battle at gardens gate, the offspring with their new album, let the bad times roll. And Paul McCartney, uh, coming out with a kind of a remix album of uh, his McCartney three record that came out at the end of last year called McCartney three imagined. So we'll be doing some rock album reviews for that on the channel. Uh, Dave, Dave, uh, I I don't want to prejudge the Greta Van Fleet record because I know that's going to make a lot of people mad and I'm going to try to go into it with, with open ears and an open heart because I want to give it a chance and I want to like it. Uh, But we'll see how it goes. Are you excited for Greta Van Fleet or Offspring or McCartney?
1: Listen, man, I'm going to do just, I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to, I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to put on my bedazzled jacket. Yeah. And my flared flower flower bell bottoms <laughs> yeah. that I found at my grandmother's house, and I'm going to give it a shot. But I'm not making any promises, Nick. I can't promise you anything, but yeah. I will take it in. I'll, I'll I'll have a meal and some wine and listen
0: to it, and I I can't wait to hear what you have to say in your rock album review. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I can't guarantee anything either. Uh, <laughs> I just hope I hope that I like it, and I hope that I still come out of it alive, because. Greta Van Fleet fans are serious, man. Serious. Yeah, you're gonna like it if you even if you don't. All yeah. right, yeah, for sure. Nine out of ten, no matter what. <laughs> ten out of ten. I'll even go that far. Just leave me alone. All right, yeah. so that's coming up on the yeah, rock. you. All right, we're gonna wrap things up, but first we're gonna get to our tracks of the week, uh, where we we make some recommendations and stuff that we've been listening to in the rock music world over the past week. Uh, I'll go first this time, Dave. Uh, sure. thank you. Thanks to the Spotify, uh, algorithm and recommendations. I, uh, I listened to a new band new to me, Ooh. not new to a lot of other people, but they've been around for a long time. They're called the dangerous summer, uh, okay. out of Maryland. Uh, very nice. cool band kind of alt rock stuff that is right up our alley they have a song that's from their their most recent EP that came out last year called all that is left of the blue sky the song's called fuck them all um, nice. it popped up in my feed while I was listening to some stuff on Spotify and uh, I love it this new EP is really cool I'm looking forward to digging into a little bit more of their their past stuff but that is my recommendation for the week uh, They're very, they, they, I read online that they have a little bit of a third eye blind influence and you can definitely okay. hear that in there so you can cool. see why i would like them so yeah the song's called fuck them all by the dangerous summer that's my track of the week do you want to make a recommendation as well
1: yeah man i think i'm going to keep with the uh, theme of dave Grohl since he's been owning all the podcasts nice. and uh i'm uh, my recommendation i checked it out the other day and i had not listened to it in years is uh the song in your honor by the foo fighters from the album in your honor nice uh double disc it's a great great opening track Wow. you can't you know you can't go wrong loud guitars loud drums great record front to back so that's my uh, that's my pick is in your honor uh also uh before we wrap up here make sure that you uh go all everybody out in uh internet land that you go check us out on instagram and twitter at the rock rock squad podcast also you can check me out at red coast records on instagram and twitter and facebook uh what do you got left nick you got anything on there
0: yeah. You can follow me at the, at the walking Nick. Yeah. Make sure to check us out uh, here on YouTube. If you want to listen to an audio version of the podcast, like Dave said, we are on uh, pretty much everything. I think we're still working on the Apple podcast thing, but we're on Spotify. We're on Google podcasts. We're on anchor. So uh, make sure to check us out there. Uh, yeah. Follow me at the walking Nick and you can follow us as well as our music at, uh, at fool's union. We're at uh, foolsunion.com We're on Spotify. We're on all the major streaming platforms uh, working on a new song. We have a mix that we're working on right now right now which has been uh fun dave we've never experienced that where we're working on a mix through uh zoom through facebook chat uh but i'm excited i think there's uh, something cool in these new songs that we're working on i know you know people have not heard them yet but they're cool i like them yeah mixing in
1: 2021 during pandemic is like landing a plane (laughs) with somebody that's never you know what i mean like you're just like okay what about this yeah, let's give let's it a shot. You know, pilot let's see you know so yeah hopefully we get that uh, worked out soon i'm sure we will john's on it so we'll uh i'm sure it'll all work out but uh yeah man lots of things going on and uh uh we'll be back next week
0: yeah for sure we'll see you guys next week on the rock rock squad podcast rock on dave Rock on there see you guys